Hi everyone, this is Raghu Marcus, and this is Ramdas here and now, in a very, very special edition. Uh, it's not often that I get a chance to hang out with Ramdas and and do a a podcast, just uh, chatting back and forth. So uh, it, as you can imagine, it's a wonderful, real delight. We. Uh, We've been doing this a long time, he and I, and I get a chance to talk about stuff that uh, not only is just occurring to me that might be interesting to, to, to all of us out there, but also to me in particular. So uh, before I get into uh, a little bit of uh, a description of what it is that we talked about, I just want to mention again, I know I've been mentioning this on uh, the first couple of podcasts we've been doing, what I've been doing on mind rolling and what uh, I think I've had one podcast that I've introduced with Ramdas, a talk. And it's, of course, around the Be Here Now Network, which we now have up and running. And many of you in the past have uh, accessed uh, our podcast through the MindPod network. And uh, we went through a, a transition as uh, I and the board of Love Server Member, which takes care of all of Ram Dass's media and books and website and uh, represents his and Neem Karoli Baba's teaching, I, I, we all thought it would be great if it would be under Love Serve Remember the podcast network. So, uh, we we began that, and now you still can get podcasts from MindPod Network. You can go over to mindpodnetwork.com and uh, listen to next generation of podcasters. Really, but on Be Here Now Network, of course, we still have. Ram Das and Krishna Das and Jack Cornfield and Joseph Goldstein and Sharon Salzberg, all of our dear old friends from the Vipassana days, and who else? Lama Surya Das, and uh, of course, what I do with mind rolling, and Danny Goldberg does this amazing rock and rolls podcast and he just did one with Steve Earle. It was just fabulous. You got to check that out. And Chris Grasso, a young upcoming Buddhist who has uh, really edified uh, a really uh, non-ecumenical, is that the right word? Let's just put it this way. He's open to everything, Chris. He's also a really great guy. And so, uh, and we're going to bring in um, some new new peeps. Uh, Ram Deb, Dale Borglum, who's an expert in uh, uh, death and uh, transition work. And that's not just what he's going to be talking about, but uh, we're, we're going to be happy to introduce him to you. And we're going to have special guest podcasts from Roshi... Joan Halifax, from David Nickturn, from Lama Tsultram, and other of uh, our family of teachers. So 
want you all to look forward to that. And um, so what would be great is if you all could go do, a, do two things. One is go to BeHereNowNetwork.com and sign up to the email list because we have some wonderful offerings coming up that we'd love to have you aware of when they happen. And uh, that is, there's a, a very, very rich smartphone app, which will be for both uh, iOS, which is Apple and Android users. And uh, you're going to be able to get push notifications just to help wake us all up in the middle of our day. You can program, you'll be able to program meditations and chimes and gongs and uh, we're going to have cute little things like Ramdas repeating over and over, be here now, be here now, just to help us wake up during the day. So that plus uh, all sorts of wisdom articles, we're going to have what's called an Awakened Heart blog with incredible articles. Uh, of course, uh, many of the videos that we're now starting to put up on our YouTube channel will be accessible through the through the app. What else? Life in Balance, which is a course that I have been working on with others of us for quite some time. And it's excerpts taken out from the different podcasts that we've done with uh, through a lot of them through Mind Rolling. And they are exceptional because they're so in a they're they're just loosey goosey chat mode, not pedantic teacher mode. Not that any of these teachers are that, but uh, so yeah, it's it's really cool. And 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 I'll be getting into more of what uh, description of the course. I mean, that's going to come up probably in the early fall. We're we're just finishing it now. And this so there's two actions. One is to sign up at the email list, and the other is, of course support is needed to continue and we do what we can to make sure that when that support some of it goes towards the teachers to help support what they're doing and maybe help keep them off the road a little bit because the road is tough traveling and all that so this is a callback to uh, what I used to do on mind rolling and that is Please go to BeHereNowNetwork.com and you'll see the Amazon uh, portal on the menu, the link. And you can just copy and paste that link. And I said something wrong last time. I said into your browser, not into your browser, into your bookmark menu. And once you have it there and anytime you want to buy something from Amazon, you just go, it's an easy click. And then the network gets a small percentage of whatever it is that you purchase. And, and that really goes a long way to helping support what we're doing. So uh, appreciate th that action. Those two actions are key. There's a third one. You can just go to the Donate button and just uh, give a one-time, a, a small recurring donation would also be really helpful. Okay. Uh, say no more. I know there are many of you out there that uh, get a little bit perturbed when we go on a little bit about support. 
So um, I want to you know keep it brief, uh, but it is necessary for us to be able to continue to offer everything uh, for free. So uh, onward to so now. This podcast with Ramdas, uh, it's you're going to get in this. His I really pushed him to really tell us how did be here now come about that incredible aphorism that is so identified with him. How did it come about? What were you thinking when it happened? What was your environment? He was in India when it happened. So we talk about that. And the rest of it is around trust, contentment, and the guru. And I was going to say earlier, you know, doing these podcasts with Ram Dass, uh, when I get the chance, which is not often, he's extraordinarily busy and only has so much bandwidth. But he, uh, fortunately, this just uh, just happened within the last couple of weeks, and we're 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 just getting it out now. And and I said, I thought that it 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 is a delight, which I said before. It's a delight because suddenly, you know, forget the podcast and the the quote-unquote business of putting this stuff out and everything that we have to do, the opportunity for me to just be here with him, and it was on Skype, and how much presence he has. Just sit on Skype. It's just like sitting in front of him physically. I mean, that's the beauty of digital media these days, a, a digital connection, rather. And I and And the one thing that struck me is I remember... Uh, in the podcast when we were doing it, video cast, I said to him, you know, because we were talking about trust, I said, the first second I met you, and I, I tell the story a little bit about how I met him through the radio station that I was the program director of, and I went and found him at a house to bring him to go do an interview. And the first moment I saw him, I had never met a person who was so present it seemed as if there was nobody in the world but me that he gave a shit about. Okay? And that sitting there, or I met him at the door, I'll never forget it. And when he opened the door, there was nobody else there where he was staying. And that same thing was present all these years later just in this Skype thing that I that I did with him. So uh, it was pretty amazing, full circle. So here we go. This is Ramdas here and now. And I don't know what I want to call it, but I think I want to call it Trust, Contentment, and the Guru, who we talked about as well. So thanks for hanging out. Look forward to next time. Hi. Hi, everyone. Including you, Ramdas. Hi. Hi. So normally, this is uh, Ramdas Here and Now podcast, and normally everybody's used to me introducing a particular talk you might have given in the last decades that we take a, a little piece of, and then I talk about it a little bit from my own experience, and then we... Uh, run the uh, talk that you did. Today, we have a very unusual episode in which we are going, we are live. 
from Maui and Asheville, North Carolina. So, um, you know, I'm happy to hang out and do this. This is always such fun and full of usually a lot of grace. So, wait, but first I need to introduce one of the reasons why this is happening. Uh, and that is because we're starting a new network to host all of the podcasts of your friends and my friends uh, for all of these decades. So it's it's a beautiful uh, new um, initiative from Love Server Member Foundation. And uh, again, BeHereNowNetwork.com. If you're listening to this, you've probably gone there, or you can actually subscribe through iTunes. And we look forward to a lot of great uh, offerings in the future through this network. Okay, that's the uh, that's the roundup of what's going on, and uh, and interestingly enough, of course, be here now. I just mentioned to you. Geez, all these years since it's come out, you know, in 19, well, I mean, the initial, uh, the initial Be Here Now, before it was a softbound publication, came out in, God, 6970, something like that, after you did it at Lama, and they bound up all of the brown pages, and also, it's uh, many, many, many decades later, and people are still discovering it, and a whole whole new generations are coming into it. So, um, I, you know, I know the story, and many people know the story from "Be Here Now" of the genesis of that aphorism. But what are we talking about? You you're you're in the car traveling with Bhagavan Das, okay? I just want to get back at the the reality of how this thing came about. Um, yeah, just think back a little bit and just give me this scene. You're traveling in the car. What are you going through that prompted this? We were barefoot uh, going from Buddhist temple from and Buddhist temple. We were begging and begging. Literally? And it's, uh, uh, yes, begging. For food. And, and food. And I had my traveler's checks in my pocket. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> and... And uh, we would talk, but we talk along the road. And I would tell him about uh, goings on at, at with Timothy, Tim Leary, or I'd go to to the railroad or any of uh, my, my past. And he'd say, look, just look at this flower. You, you, should, you should be 
be here now. Literally, he said that you should just be here now. He never said it. I think I interpreted at be here now. Oh, really? Yeah. Come on, he'd say, come on back here. Oh. Right. Come on back to the moment. Look at the flower, be with the flower, that kind of thing. Yeah. And that stuck in your head through all that time and all the way through meeting Maharaji, coming back to America, and then giving talks about Maharaji, which he told you not to mention him, and that's, of course, all you ever did for those couple of years after. And uh, and eventually, I, that just stuck, right? Be here now. That's yeah. stuck. And, um, and, you know, so... I wanted to talk about trust, okay? The way that trust is like a formative stage for people. And and I just, since we're all growing older, you know, you probably know my story because we've known each other for since that time. But I heard about you at a radio, and so do people who listen to this podcast, by the way. I heard about you because somebody wanted me to promote you on a radio station, and I had no idea who Ramdas was. Okay? So they said, as a reference, well, you know Tim Leary and Richard Alpert. And then I went, right, yeah, I know them. I had trust because I had done acid. And they had, and th- through the trust I had with Leary and Alpert and the psychedelic experience, I became open because of that trust, right? So the next thing I said was, okay, well, send me a lecture, Ramdas. You must have done a lecture you have on tape. Send it over to me. And they sent it to the radio station. And I went in and listened to it. And of course, you told the story of meeting Maharaji. The story how he, and by the way, you and I have a discrepancy. Whenever you tell this story, you talk about Maharaji reading your mind. And I, how many times have I said, no, he wasn't reading your mind. He was clairvoyant. He knew this isn't something in the moment that you sat down in front of him on that hill by Bumiadar when you first met him. You weren't thinking about being with your mother the night before. Reading mind happens in the moment. This is my experience, right? So, hi, everybody out there. We have this thing, Ramdas and I, always about this. And uh, so, basically, his knowing that, when when you talked about that and told that story, and I heard it in that little studio in that radio station, I had a deep trust. Oh, shit. This guy is, I believe him. And it was not just because of the tone of voice and what was behind it. It was the rest of what you told, which was the honesty about where you were at. 
in terms of before you met him, after you met him, the stuff you went through. So it became okay. I can that it's okay. I can I can be where I'm at. I don't have to be guilty and ashamed about the shit that goes on in my head, right? More trust. Next day, not even the next day, that day, I went out in Montreal. I found out where you were, and I went over, and the people you were staying with, everybody had gone. There was just you. You opened the door, and there's no way on earth you'll ever remember this, and certainly not the way that I remember it right because you met a million people in the same way but you opened the door and you look at me exactly how you're looking at me right now and just completely being in the moment and i had not been completely in the moment with anyone in my life right until that uh, moment uh and and it, you know it wasn't like i had i was suddenly in, had this sartori experience nothing like that it was just present the the power of that present the power of now as eckhart tolle says was incredible yeah. and then ensued i brought you to the station and interviewed you and and then went to the talks and then you know our radio station then became a loudspeaker for ramdas uh, lectures at the time but the point uh -huh. being so I got that trust right and I got that trust and then I bugged you amongst many people to to say I I have to meet this guru I mean you've got to and of course at, you were very guarded at the time about that but event but you said you were going to India and I followed you to India uh, not you know a month or so after in 1970 and wrote and finally i did meet maharaji and that trust and that's all i had i had no faith i didn't know what faith was i couldn't tell you i couldn't have it was a word that was a lousy shit word that had to do with christian and jewish religion right faith uh, it, it meant nothing to me i had trust that meant everything to me and I went, and then when I when Maharaji came out those doors, and there he was, I completely realized what. Well, first of all, I knew he, I knew knew him forever before, like you know, it wasn't even a mental thing. And I just, um, I thought, shit, that's what Ramdas was all about. So that trust, then got transferred into something through what you talk about that unconditional love that transfer that was the 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 uh, the permutation from trust to faith now that trust is so powerful and we talked about be here now in the, in the book that new generations are finding that book and it is opening up a door for them and, you know, we speak to a lot of people who come to retreats nowadays or come through podcasts and so on and emails. And there is that basic trust. So, first of all, can you recall your own trust? I mean, I trusted the first, you know, the first person I trusted was in this whole realm, Allen Ginsberg. 
Why? Allen Ginsberg said, pot is great. <laughs> It'll open up doors for you. And I, I trusted, for some reason, I trusted Alan, you know, who I met later through you. Who and what was it that gave you the kind of trust that opened up doors inside yourself? Psychedelics. Psychedelics. Psychedelic. Psilocybin, the, the active active ingredient from the mushrooms yeah um that showed me that there was that, that there was more to life than i was i was living right and i was i, I was going towards that and I was uh, I went to India because I sensed that the people from the East could tell me something about planes of consciousness, mm. and then I found Maharaja. Right, ultimate trust. Yeah, but even before, yeah. Sorry. I, then, because of that love, that telling me, telling me, uh, telling me about my mother, hmm. and you were right. Look how then. He, he talked about my mother and he, my mother who was in Boston and he said he said she was sick and then he said he said spleen spleen which was the organ that my mother died from yeah and then he said big in the belly before she died and she because she was so freaked by big in the belly she was thinking people would think she was pregnant oh for god's sake mm. yeah and so this 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 power this city that maharaji used on and in this particular case around your mother solidified of course everything you had been looking for it solidified the trust and and between that and the and the unconditional love which happened as you said if he knew that he knew all the other bullshit that was going on in my head and he still loved me unconditionally so in effect wow. that solidified the um the trust and it was converted to faith immediately. I mean, that's my experience, your experience, and many of us who, who went there. You would would you look back though, and also think that Tim Leary, what you did, you had a certain trust with Tim. I mean, he introduced yeah. you to mushrooms, right? 
So yeah. you had a certain trust with him the way that I had a trust maybe with Allen Ginsberg, although I hadn't met him at, at that time, just hearing him. Well, my trust for Tim, he was, he was 10 years older than I was. And he was a better psychologist than I was. <laughs> really? And, but he, he was, of all the faculty members at Harvard that I knew, he was the only one whose consciousness had not, he was not pre preempted by Harvard. Mm. I mean, they were, I'm a Harvard professor. Yeah. And, and he didn't care. He didn't, he didn't even care. Mm. And I, that was, that was breath of fresh air. Mm. And that was like the Allen Ginsberg. Yeah. Right. They, he didn't care. Right. And he came back from, uh, Mexico, and he came back with this story about crazy Juana taking the mushrooms. Mm. And because he was such, uh, I had trust in him. Mm. I had, yeah, yeah. So taking this to the, to the, thinking about now all of these people over the decades that have read Be Here Now or Miracle of Love or any other book and they've gotten from you a sense of trust that there is, as you went to India trusting your experience with the psychedelics that there was a different reality, another reality, and other planes of consciousness, people trust what you are saying through these books, through these talks that they get now through ramdas.org, whatever it may be. And then it becomes a question, and here's the, the next uh, question I have, of, of that converting into a faith and what that faith is. You have talked about faith before. You, you know, you actually talked about how political people, especially in this country, talk about faith in God. And I have the faith in God that I'm, you know, pushing the button to wipe out a bunch of people and God has given me this faith. I have the faith in God that I should be president. I don't know if Trump is saying that these days, but he might as well. Maybe it was Cruz that was going to do that and Trump isn't doing that. I don't know. But you've talked about People, people in the world using their quote-unquote faith in God as a definition for their acts that they do and how that has nothing to do with, with true faith. Um, and you've said um, that 
Maharaji showered, this is a quote from you, Maharaji showered me with grace, which I experienced because of my faith. So there's a, there's a, a large link between faith and grace. And I, and I think that, again, going back to all of these people who have begun with this trust, which, I, which we just talked about in both of our experience, you had trust in Tim and, and, and took the mushrooms. I had trust in you, and uh, that led me to Maharaji. And these people have trust through reading Be Here Now or any of these other books. I'm looking for a bridge and, and, and just looking at, at some of the things you've said in the past, that intuition seems to be a doorway to faith. Can you talk a little bit about how people, once they have a certain amount of trust, can then turn to their own intuition? Can you talk about intuition? Well, I, I was a social scientist. I believed everything my senses told me was true. And that's all. That's all. The intuition and imagination and other realms of consciousness, they're not proven. That's yeah, not right, proven. Right. But I was in that box. Hmm. And then my intuition and my imagination, I looked out at these, these realms of consciousness, which was in me and out there. And I trusted myself that, that these far out, either in my imagination or well, realms of consciousness or intuition, the new world, there was new world and the world was Big, big. Mm. And then I started to travel in these realms. At first, I watch out. You're you're, you're imagining things. Mm. Mm. Then, so what? <laughs> so what? So I'm going in my imagination. That's right there is the rule. Yeah. Imagine the, because you don't check in with senses. When I got so that I trusted my imagination, mm. trust, trusted my imagination. Right. That's what the, Turn around. Yeah. 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 And then just then 
higher realms of consciousness, like spiritual realms. They were, they were not my, my, my imagination. These things were beyond my imagination. Mm. Yeah. Little bits of uh, going out, going out, going out. Uh, and that, that's faith. Yeah. That's faith. Right. Beautiful. You once said, once I could hear the guru, my faith, which is a heart matter, just like belief is a mind matter. Yeah. That faith through, uh, I, I'm sorry. Uh, yeah. That faith through the unconditional love from my guru was what made my faith real, which is just, you just said that. You just said that, it, you know, it's, uh, so, um, I, I, another thing that comes up, you know, often for people, especially when you and we all talk about Maharaji so much, you know, and we really, people start to think, well, it's nice, you've got a guru, what do I have, and how do I find it, you know, and, um, you, I want to read something that uh, is from your book, Journey of Awakening, a meditator's guidebook. It's from some time ago. Uh, it is available, and you can get it through ramdas.org, everybody. And this is called, On Not Finding Your Guru. I don't know if you remember writing this thing. Well, then it'll be new for you, too. <laughs> Seeking one's guru is like going on a pilgrimage. It is a useful journey, but you don't have to take it to finish the path. There is a good possibility you will never meet your guru physically. But because you do not meet your guru does not mean you do not have one. Any person that reaches towards God, which this is such a key thing, I think, toward liberation, toward the spirit, is noticed, right? I, I, and I love the way that's said, is noticed. Anyone who reaches out is noticed. And a contact is made with the vehicle or form that will ultimately draw you home. You needn't know your guru. It is only necessary that your guru knows you. Only your need to maintain control compels you to try to know your guru. Your journey is one of purification, and you can proceed whether you know your guru or not. Don't worry about it. Your guru will become known to you if and when necessary. If the guru were to manifest too soon, you might get lost in an interpersonal devotion that would just be another trap for you. You must... Wonderful. Yeah. You must trust, here we go, back to trust, that the process is benevolent. When needed, the guru appears. It is a benign conspiracy. That's terrific, right. okay? <laughs> That's terrific. Benign. Yeah. Benign conspiracy. 
Yeah. First, in my always, always Maharaji in India. Yeah, the physical. And then in my imagination, he's with me all my like a, a companion mm. Mm. and then he came now in me mm. in me when people say i have i don't have a guru i say look within because the it's part of the at, uh, Atman in the Hinduism. The Atman, God, Guru, and Self. That everybody has the Atman in in their soul in their soul and then go inside and that's that's what we call intuition yeah perfect beautiful right on at the same time what you wrote those many years ago the fact is it, it when you say the guru does know you and that individual guru with a certain form will manifest itself to you when it is necessary you know and and in this thing you say you know if it were too soon you could get lost in an interpersonal devotion. Can we not think of many, many people who were with us, with Maharaji? I count myself amongst them who got lost in an interpersonal devotion. And when he left, we were absolutely devastated. Now, thanks to everything we've been talking about, intuition and imagination and being not afraid to uh, to be carried into other realms of consciousness, other planes of consciousness, as Lama Suryadas calls Maharaji, the big Maharaji has fortunately appeared to us, which is not that body that we were so very much attached to in India. So, um, yeah, I think that's an important important as well. Um, yeah, I, when Maharaji died, mm. I, didn't, I didn't cry or any of the things because I just, he was still here in, in, in this, these realms. Yeah. That is faith. Yeah. Now, when you called me, when he died on September 11th, 
1973. I was at my father's famous farm in Abercorn, and I answered the phone, and you told me this. I did not have that going for me in that moment. Uh, uh, I only had one other more devastating moment in my life. That was my son almost dying than that moment. So, but then picked myself up, you know, cleaned the mud off of me of falling in that pit of despair. And then we all have to, there's work, there is practice that nobody should mistake that that's part of this, part of the grace is that as well, to find that intuition and connect with it within ourselves. So I want to mention that. Um, I got one other thing before we uh, leave here, um, and uh, it's around contentment. We've talked about this a few years ago, actually. Um, that's a very difficult subject. Um, I do uh, myself a little uh, prayer every day uh, that includes, may all beings be at ease with whatever comes their way in life. And that's quite difficult. And so I just want to get your comment. on here's Maharaji's thing about this, which you haven't heard in a while. The real contentment comes only when there is no desire no hankering in your mind for anything. How can you say that you have got everything and do not want anything more when you are holding on, holding an empty vessel in your hand? You might be saying this with your mouth, but there would always be the worry in your mind about how that pot could be filled. Always looking from side to side with the expectation that somebody will come and fill it up. Well, how can you call this contentment? When one sees that when the pot before him is full to the brim, it is emptied. And when it is empty, it is refilled of its own. That is contentment. If anyone wanted to give him anything, he would show that the pot was full already. What would he do with anything more? Even if he wanted to share it with others, where would he put it? This is the real contentment, and it comes only through the grace of God. When you have full faith in him, full reliance on him, when you can surrender everything to him, then that grace comes to you by itself. You do not, you do not have to ask for it or make any effort. Such is the value of faith in God. Mm, yeah. And that pretty much is a neat kind of bow around everything we've been talking about, right? And, yep. and when I, you know, I don't know, when I do that little prayer and, and then the reality of when stuff happens to people, suffering happens on a day-to-day -day basis for people, some, some minor and some major, and your ability to be at ease through faith is a big, big deal, right? And uh, I, I'm 
I'm content. I am content with my life. Or just. Uh, I'm content. And I never was content. Mm. Because I was looking for something. Mm. Uh, looking for crowds, looking for looking, looking. And then now I'm content. And this is interesting. Here I am with the stroke mm. and uh, the and and aging, bringing bringing aches and pains. And it's all part of the play of life. Mm. And I, I'm content. I'm content. Mm. Yeah. Yeah.